plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we're back for another week of Cantrip Cartel. Two weeks in a row, um, killing it. It's going to be on time this week because no matter what happens, this is going up on Friday. We're actually recording when we're supposed to record. Um, by the way, uh, Cantrip Cartel, we talk magic. Matt, how you doing? <clears throat> oh, I'm doing all right. Um, cool, so how's Legacy looking? Yeah, it looks great. Boom, episode's done. Next. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, uh, my uh, my weekend, I was up. In my hometown, I had a family reunion uh, with my wife's side of the family on Saturday. And on Sunday was Father's Day, and Monday is actually my mom's birthday. So I was over at my parents' house on Sunday <clears throat> celebrating her birthday and Father's Day. And unfortunately, apparently my dad had another stroke on Saturday. So <clears throat> we knew something was wrong on Sunday. Like, he could barely walk. Yeah. Like, it was real bad. His, his mood was depressed. For obvious reasons. So he didn't have like a fall over stroke. Well, he, the stroke happened on Saturday, not while I was there. Oh, okay. We were there on Sunday. He didn't go to the hospital. Got you. Because I don't know. The problem is with strokes, you can have like a, for lack of a better word, a relapse where like you had a stroke six months later, you can kind of experience the symptoms again without having another stroke and then it just goes away. Gotcha. Well, he didn't know that he had had another stroke. Yep. He was like, he probably, I mean, I didn't, he wouldn't talk much. I imagine what he thought was he overdid it yep. and like undid some of the progress he made or whatever. Well, it's a was normal. was just fucking enraged about that. That's a thing with heart attacks too. Where like, you know, people that are really sick or whatever, or, or have, having heart issues, you can have many heart attacks mm -hmm. and like be having regular heart attacks and just like, no, like, no, my chest just hurts a little bit. It's okay. I'm just having chest pains. It's like, no, dude, you're having that same thing where you can have serious medical problems, but they're not like on a 10 out of 10, they're a four. And so you don't even, you don't value them as serious as they are. Yeah. And so like, to me, the red flag was, well, 12 hours ago, you could walk <laughs> and now you can't, I don't care what the reasoning is. That would make me go to the hospital or the doctor. Definitely a sharp uh, decline it, in health. Not for him. Until on Sunday after we left, he fell and my, yeah. he could not get up. My mom couldn't get him up. And so they had to call an ambulance, took him to the hospital, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He had another stroke. I'm sorry. So he's figuring that shit out. I haven't really done anything this weekend because I was out of town the whole weekend. Yeah. Thanks for <clears> that, by the way. I fucking did nothing. I'm waiting on you to get back. What? Why? Anything to do. Okay. I just didn't have. I had, to, <laughs> I had to start my little mini project business because yep. I had nothing else to do. So yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot. Um, I have played basically no games. What a loser! Because I what I talked about Final Fantasy last week, and I mean, since the time of recording, it hasn't been that long because we recorded Friday of last yeah. week. It's Wednesday this week. So yeah, it's only, it's only, been, it's only been like four days. <laughs> and two of those I was out of town yesterday. I fell asleep early. The past I'm trying to kick caffeine again. Cause like I noticed my blood pressure was going up again yeah. and like, I'm just like, God, like, okay, I guess I just don't drink caffeine now. So yeah, this is what it is. I haven't really had a much going on. Well, I've got plenty to talk about. Sure. Let it rip. So, uh, over this weekend I found a really cool, and it's a TikTok. So I'm playing people have seen it I've probably gotten a little mini viral, but it's a really cute little, uh, little mini business making raised planters and like, it's I they look really cute and they're made of like cedar fence posts, so they smell really good and they're really sturdy. 
And I saw it and I was like, that kind of looks like something that I could make. And it was, uh, this was on Sunday. I was kind of bored, didn't have anything to do. And I was like, well, I'll go head to the local yokel, grab some, and just kind of fuss around the garage a little bit. Cause it's just fun to make stuff sometimes. And made one, actually made it wrong and it looks awful. Like, did, like, had things kind of facing the wrong direction. And I was like, oh, well, whoops. But chuck it on the burn pile. Like, well, the, uh, Sarah's gonna give it to the chickens. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna be a, like, that's part of that's why I went and just like just go buy a couple and just I just need to make a few and figure out where the fuck ups are going to be. And then made a second one and that one came out a lot better, but still didn't look very good. And then but I felt confident about it. So we ended up going to town. We bought a bunch of lumber. I talked to Matt about it and he was like, fuck, yeah, I'll get a couple. And so I like I, that night I made like four or five more, got really into the rhythm of making them. Sarah even made one or two herself. You know, got to give one to mother-in-law, gave a couple to you. I mean, you paid for them, but, but like, uh, had a lot of fun making them and I've got, you know, three or four left over and I'm going to take a crack at, you know, going into spring or late spring, early summer, maybe sell some cute little raised planters. The other thing I did this weekend, cause I didn't also did not really play any video games. I did. I finally accomplished something I've been trying to do for 10 years and that is watch full metal alchemist brotherhood. <laughs> And I mean all of them. There's only 64, but I have a really hard time watching shows. I I have a I have a hard time watching more than two shows of anything. I just don't anything episodic or anything like scripted television. I just once we get past like the hour mark, I I'm really struggling. And you're lucky if you make it that long. Yeah, like <clears throat> these are 24 minute episodes, and after the second one, like unless there's like a really intense action scene, I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about this anymore. I'd rather have something passive on in the background. And so, Sarah and I have been. We started on like episode 30 because we we've me and her have started this where we we've watched the first like 15 or 20 episodes of Brotherhood. I think the reason I started showing her um, uh, FMA and Brotherhood specifically. Is because of the dog episode, mm-hmm. like one of the canonically Very famous. like saddest episodes in anime. Even like it's not, in my opinion, it's not that bad. But it's just everyone remembers it. It's just one of the saddest things to ever happen. And so we started watching it for that, and then you know watched the first like twenty five or so, and then you know skipped a year and a half. And I was like, let's can we try to watch it again? And just over the, over the course of like two and a half, three weeks. A couple nights an episode, we finally got to the end. Last night, we binged the last seven or eight episodes. And I finally know how Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood ends. And I was waiting to tell you about this because uh, I do like the ending. So this is going to be a huge spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, Too bad. Yeah. I'm gonna talk. it's fucking old as shit. It's old. I don't feel bad about spoiling it. I mean, I don't know. I hadn't seen it. But this is going to be a spoiler alert. Like, if you check the timestamps because this is what's going to carry us over to the legacy. So at the end... Of Full Metal Alchemist, they um, they oh gosh I I lost my train of thought and what I was gonna say so I'll jump back to the other the other one. Um, oh that's right that's right that's right. They take all the sting out of it and I was talking to Sarah about this and this is um, this is how I prefer my storytelling even though I recognize that it's a worse story. So in the entire battle, the last season essentially, they, I don't know how they broke it up because it was just one chunk on um, Crunchyroll, but. The last like 15 or 20 episodes is them trying to take over the capital. The whole premise of the show is, you know, the homunculus and and father, who is like the lead homunculus, has basically been running the country since the like they built the country. He's the reason the country exists. And he's doing that because he wants to create a philosopher's stone the size of the country. 
like 50 million people he wants to sacrifice. And you do that by building the roads. And so he, so they're at the top of the, and they're at the top of the government. And this is a, it's a, what, what's it called when a government's run by the military? Military dictatorship. It's basically a military dictator. Like King Radley is the Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. And just so you guys know, this is like set in like 1905, 1909, an alternate universe. So this is pre-Germany being way bad anyway. And it's not even our Germany, but it's definitely Germany. He's a Fuhrer, King Bradley. Um, and so they're taking over, they're, they're running, it's a coup d'etat. And they're trying to stop him from basically sacrificing 50 million people to become make a philosopher's stone. By the end of it, no one that matters dies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Several of the homunculus die, like the main baddies, they all, they all die. Other than two side characters, and I could be missing somebody, but other than like two side characters, no one important dies. One of the homunculus that switches sides and actually kind of gets a little bit of a redemption arc, he sacrifices himself. And one of the bodyguards from the northern like fort that we meet in episode like 3540 of 60, he dies. Oh, and and uh, an, an old an old ninja, an old, old, old man dies. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. None of the main characters, the brothers, the plenty of opportunity, but none of them do. And I was talking to Sarah about it, and I prefer this in storytelling because I like happy endings, and that's just a happy ending. But what it does do is it just sucks all the cost out of this entire day. Like, even at the end. So at the end, you know, Colonel Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually gets forced because they need another, they need a, a, another sacrifice. Only people who have seen the gate of truth are a sacrifice. And the only way you see it is by um, trying to transmute a human life. They force him to do it. Like they, I don't know how they do it. They literally force him to do it. And he loses his eyesight because he always lose something. Mm-hmm. You always have to pay a price and they take his eyes. Yeah. The whole point of the whole thing it started with was Edward and his, I can't, what's his little brother? Alphonse. Edward and Alphonse. Tried to bring their mom back to life, and Alphonse lost his whole body, and Edward lost his arm and leg. Yeah, well, it's Edward. I I don't. I know. I don't understand exactly how it works because, like, Edward loses his arm, or I believe Edward loses his leg. Yes, he loses his leg for whatever reason. Alphonse loses his body. I don't know why, because it was it was enough. There's a cost to coming back. There's oh, you got to pay a price, and Ed paid his arm, which is cool, and then gets back. For some reason, Alphonse lost his whole body. Like, why is that? Like, what kind of a payment is that? <clears throat> the the thing, the way I always interpreted that is they're trying to bring their mom back. So a, a very young child probably wasn't enough. So it probably took all of Alphonse and some of Ed. Maybe, yeah. Well, but, but so that Ed goes back, Ed literally transmutes again, goes back and gives his leg for Alphonse's soul. Yeah. That was the trade. Um, So they force him to do it. He trades his eye eyes well they're taken from him we don't mm-hmm. see what he actually chooses or whatever they're taken from him well at the end because we have a few philosopher stones we learned that philosopher stones are real they're actually easy to make if you know how to do it and you don't mind you know ganking people yeah, if you don't mind murdering people <laughs> yeah and the more you you know murder a lot of people and it's pretty fucking easy well um they have a couple and that they as far as i can tell there's like legitimately two that still exist that we know of mm-hmm. and so like Marco, who's one of the guys who helped make them, and he gets a redemption arc where he was kind of coerced into making them. Well, he uses it to give Colonel Mustang his eyes back, sure, because that you can break the rules. Yeah. Because you can break the That's rules. The whole you point have, of it yes. is well, the, it's like it's not even necessarily breaking the rules. To me, it's like the philosopher's stone is we've already paid the cost. Exactly. So yes. it's just like well, <laughs> we've got I, a thousand eyes here. <laughs> <laughs> <You> have to. 
the what I kept saying to Sarah is like, because the boys, Alphonse and Ed, won't use it. Mm-hmm. They refuse to. And I was like, guys, the milk's been spilled. It's right. fine. They're already It's okay dead. if the dog laps it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, so like, I kind of agreed that like, Mustang shouldn't have to pay the cost. Because he was forced to do this. He didn't fuck up. Like, yeah. Ed and their teacher and Alphonse, they're totally cool. They're happy. Like, they want their stuff back. But like, we fucked up. Mm-hmm. We deserve this. He didn't do anything wrong. So I'm not mad that he got his eyes back. But nothing happened. Like, he, nothing yep. bad happened to him. Um. Alphonse has to kind of sacrifice his he has to sacrifice himself to help Ed win the last fight. Mm-hmm. He he basically burns his soul back to the gate to give him his arm back. And it's a really cool scene where they're down and out and he like fucking transmutes himself to he says to make the trade back. My soul was worth an arm then. It's probably still worth an arm. And he gets his arm back and he wins the fight. And it's like, well, how do I get Alphonse back now? The Alphonse goes back, his soul meets up with his body. It's like, how do I get him back? And the, and the, you know, at one point they meet their father. They meet Hohenheim, who's their dad, and he's like, because he's a philosopher's stone. He's he started all this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, use me. Like you can. I've done my job. I'm barely alive anyway. But I I'm about ready to die because he uses up his philosopher's stone in the fight. And Ed's like, no, we're not going to do it. And then he ha- someone tries to hand him a philosopher's stone. No, we're not going to do that because they refuse to do it. It's their cost. They have to pay. And I was like, well, maybe Alphonse dies. That's a great like sure. Because, again, I was thinking about it. So you think about the whole show, right? Ed and Al never let go of anything. They can't just let it fucking go. And this would be a great chance for, like, Alphonse gives his soul, gives his life for you to win. He saves the world. Let it go. Like Dean, like Dean and Sam Winchester, just let it fucking go. No, he goes in and he um, he's able to, what he learns is the, the, the key, the whole, like, you come through the gate of truth. And you meet with God or whatever it is. Sure. And it's like, there's a test. What do you give? And he says, I'll give you my gate of truth, which is his alchemy. Mm-hmm. I will give you my alchemy for him. And the guy's like, that was the answer. You finally, the first person ever to get the answer right. You've passed the test. You give up al- the ability to use alchemy. Yep. If you want to get out of here with whole, give up, al- give up your alchemy. You fucked up. You give it, give it up. You don't get to be a God anymore. You don't get to play God. Yep. And he takes Alphonse and they roll. And then, like, Alphonse is fine. And uh, Hohenheim, you know, he gets to, you know, his the two kids end up calling him father kind of passively. But, like, he gets to see his kids save the world. And he gets to be proud of him. And he goes back to his wife's grave. And he slowly, you know, phases, just fades away and dies there in front of his, next to his wife. So he gets a happy ending. Alphonse gets a happy ending. Ed gets a happy ending. Mustang gets a happy ending. Like, I prefer it. Because the world's full of bad endings. I like that there's a happy ending. But I can absolutely recognize that all that fighting, there was no cost to any of it. Yeah, no cost. And in looking back, no real actual stakes. <laughs> there was, No, because yeah. no one died. We didn't lose any. Lots of people got hurt. A lot of broken bones. I mean, a lot of like soldiers died, but no one we care about. Yeah. Like, and that is for poor storytelling. Yeah. Where like, because you, it changes how you kind of view the whole last six episodes or 10 episodes where we're fighting and fighting and fighting and no one made a sacrifice like a couple ancillary characters did it's the comparison i drew to it is where it really hit me that like that storytelling is very weak even though i prefer it was uh, a court of thorns and roses their final book like at the end of it again more spoilers like at the end of it there's this huge war essentially for the world and during it the main character and her husband boyfriend whatever are trying to basically repair this broken item that if it stays broken, the world will end. 
And while doing it, he gives her enough energy to repair it, but he has to give her his life force and he dies. And then also during this battle, one of the like there's there's like these two boyfriend, uh, husband and wife, essentially. And then like three or four of the baddest motherfuckers that run everything. They're the bad mother. One of them is like from a different plane of existence. She's changed whatever. Well, during the battle, she like forfeits her her sanity and her body to help win the battle. It's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of it, they bring him back to life and her back to life. Cool. And it's like it really hit me where I was like, so there was just nothing, no stakes, nothing. They did it to her, and she's a human, and actually turns her into kind of a half elf, and that's why she's really powerful now. But in the first book, she dies, and they bring her back. All the elf kings, high elf kings, give some of their energy to bring her back, and that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Piddly human, the immense energy of infant of immortal elves, sure. Well, he's one of them, and he's like the most powerful, and they just bring him back. Yep. And it's like, so death means nothing in this world. And that was if just, you're one of the main characters, and, it doesn't. And that kind of hit me. I was like, wow, that really takes a lot of the sting out of the storytelling. Yep. I still prefer it, but it takes a lot of the sting out. The uh, so the since we're talking about anime, the number one anime that's like notorious for this is Dragon Ball Z. DBZ. Now, this is where I would actually defend DBZ. Because what they do is they actually, A, it's baked into the story, and B, that is actually the um, catalyst for them to go on adventures. So, perfect example of this is when you start Dragon Ball Z. Um, uh, Raditz shows up, starts a fight, Goku dies. They have to go and bring Goku back with the Dragon Balls because he's never been brought back yet. And eventually they do. They bring him back. And then... uh, Vegeta and Nappa show up and there's like a huge fucking showdown, right? Yep. Almost all the side characters die in that. But it's not just this easy thing to just bring him back to life. Yeah. Because in the previous show in just Dragon Ball, they had already been brought back to life. So there's there's actual rules into this. Yep. So it's kind of baked into the cake that once you die once, you can't be brought back to life. Well, the catalyst is they find out there's different Dragon Balls on another planet. Oh, got you. That don't have that rule baked yep. into it. So you can bring somebody back more than once. Yep. But that's the catalyst for the whole other arc. So it's it's not just an easy like, oh, well, we'll just scoot over there and two episodes later, these are guys are back. Yep. It's, it's like the whole show is based around like, you can die, we can b- bring you back, you can't be brought back from natural causes. Yep. And it does get shit. Because like, oh, well, death doesn't mean anything. It's like, it kind of does, just not in the same sense. Uh-huh. Where it's like, that's what these adventures are about. Yep. So. Yeah, it's in the book I'm talking about, like, it's like a page and a half between him dying and he's back. Right. The Well, the entire Frieza saga is them going to Namek. And that, like, all these things, like, it's actually written really well because, like, <clears throat> they find out that, like, because Piccolo's there, Piccolo's Namekian, well, the Saiyans from outer space recognize him, they talk about it, and it, it turns out that uh, the whole reason that there's Dragon Balls here is because a Namekian brought him here, mm. and, well, if there's Dragon Balls here, then why don't we check the uh, Namek, the, his home world, yep. and, like, it just, it's this, like, domino effect of, like, cause and, of, cause and effect, yeah. where it's just like, yeah, somebody died, but, like, there's actual consequences for that, uh-huh. and it leads to like a really good place in storytelling. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally different in other things where it's just like, yep, he's dead, and he's right back. <laughs> yeah, like it just 
like I said, like nothing. Uh, like the fight was, it was a good fight, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the it ending just sequences. The last two pages out of the book. <laughs> yes, I, the I'm, I'm, I'm back to like full metal. Yeah, like you could just kill. So like, in uh, the it's kind of funny. Like the 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 other side of that is the same author, a different series. Like at the end of it, none of the main main characters die, but it was one like one of the most impactful moments of a book that's ever like really just hit me in the gut. Like I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. Was like there's a chick who we've and the, the nice thing about these stories is there's like it's like eight books in this in this mm-hmm. in this saga. So there's you get a lot of time to meet Manon and it's Manon and the thirteen and like that's there. She's a witch. She's super old and they're like the like they're like the mercenaries that they kind of do their own thing. They are beholden to a group, but like they're who you call in when you got to kill the boogeyman. Like they'll always get it done mm-hmm. and they go rogue and they team up with the other side. Blah blah blah. And at the end, while they're fighting. Like they have to stop. Like they're like it's gonna happen, and it has to be stopped. This huge war machine has to be stopped. And like Bannon's like, well, I gotta fucking do it. And they like hunt her in the gut, knock her down, and then they go and sacrifice themselves to stop this. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just so powerful that they're just there's it's swords and elves and yeah. and and wyverns and whatnot. But they're just they're just like. They fly in and the first two fly in and just sit up and just stand in front of all the arrows. And the second two fly in and punch a hole and scoot them to the side. And they're and they just dying like flies because it's it's 12 or whatever against 300. And they punch a hole and they tear it down and they're all fucking dead. And it was it was it was really hard to read because it was like, whoa, that that meant something. And then you got Edward that goes and gets Alphonse's body and is like, yeah, I just don't, I won't cheat the world anymore. And for a dumb fucking reason too, because like, just use the Philosopher's Stone. Uh huh. Yeah. Especially when I don't know how much, like I, I haven't watched Brotherhood, but I've watched all the original, and their whole quest is to fucking get yep. one of these things. Oh yeah, it's a once they and the the the, the switch is once they learn how you make them, then it's you know they don't like they learn. I, the way it starts, I believe, was the Philosopher's Stone is like the Holy Grail. It is a, it is an artifact out of time that just has always existed yep. and can grant you powers of a god. And then you learn, they learn at some point, it was like, oh, no, you can make them. You just, the more people you kill, the more powerful they are. Yeah. But if, you can just make them. If I remember correctly, they learn that in the first one, but it doesn't stop them from trying to... Oh, chase them down. One. Gotcha. Yeah, now, the I second could be wrong one, there. It has been at yeah. least a decade since I've watched it. In the but. second one, or in Brotherhood, there is a scene where like Alphonse is convinced to fight with one. And it's a very huge moment where he's he is willing to use it to try and save others. Right. But they will not use it to save themselves. It's Yep. <laughs> I, <don't> I know. <laughs> I agree. It's like I get it in the early stages where like you'd be like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like you now stopped the apocalypse. It's like if you've got a bunch of wishes and you use all of them to solve the world's problems. And then you're like, I just want to use one, one so more. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> like, nope, not allowed to do that. Nope, you can't, you can't break fucking, the rules. Can't do any of this stuff that yeah, might like, benefit yourself. The number thrown out there is 50 million. Like they save 50 million people. Right. And those people. People in the Philosopher's Stones are already dead and cannot be brought back. Nope, they have been dead for a long time. So just go, yeah, I want my arm back. Although, to be fair, I also have never understood why Edward wants his fucking arm back. Like, I know, pretty the, sweet. In metal, the world they live in. Metal arm, pretty sweet. <laughs> like, 
I cut all four of my limbs. You, it's like having fucking superpowers. It is. There's no downside at all. Well, how and it you, saved his life multiple times. Oh, yeah. How often do you see him just punch through a wall? Right. Not to mention you see like that his he has a knife on his arm at all times. Yeah, because he transmutes the he shit. He just transmutes a just blade. He makes onto it a blade. In the in the second part of it, so do you remember him fighting Greed? And Greed is the one who has a like long the time ago, he yeah. has he makes like a carbon shell around his body. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect shell. Well, because he gets a new arm that has a carbon fiber base. He transmutes the carbon on top, so it's, like, impenetrable. He has an impenetrable arm that he can block anything with. Yeah. I can't wait to get my normal flesh and blood arm back. (laughs) Hope I don't get cut. Like, Alphonse makes perfect sense. Yeah. I can't. Dude can't feel. Yes, I am. (laughs) He can't. I'm trapped in this. I can't feel anything. Never sleep. Never eat. never, Never drink. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You're basically a disembodied spirit attached to a That'd suit of armor. That'd be fucking that rough. That would suck. <laughs> but like having fucking a cyber arm okay. would kick ass. Another example, and we're almost 30 minutes in, where like there's just no consequences. So there's a point where Alphonse is at the gate through story events and he meets his body and he has the chance to reunite with his body. And his body is horribly emaciated. It's actually, it actually was lore, lore true. The reason Ed's so short is their souls are intertwined mm-hmm. and his body is fueling the energy. That's why he's not growing. That's why he doesn't grow. He's he eats he eats a ton, he sleeps all the time. Actually, at the end of it, he actually is taller than Winry. A couple years go by and he's actually way fucking tall. He shoots up. But Alphonse meets his body. And it's a horribly emaciated body. It can barely stand. It has consciousness, which is kind of weird, but it, it's there. And he's like, I want to join back up with you, but I can't. Because we're fighting and you can't fight. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep this body. And he leaves it and then just comes back later and gets it. Like that, like there shouldn't be do-overs. You get a chance, Alphonse. Either you get to, you know, you can't, you won't get to help in the fight to save the world, but you get your body back. Or your body's gone now and you get to keep this body, which is better for the fight. Nope, both. Both. (laughs) You know who else chose both? Who's that? Our patrons, they chose to enjoy the podcast and support us thanks to patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. So uh, thank you every week so much to Empra, who puts us up on Reddit every single week. Rogue, Ashley, uh, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M. Limit of questions, Winter, Rose, Becker, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for joining in. Thank you for coming on and becoming uh, you know, members of the Patreon, jumping in that Discord, chit-chatting with us, all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, I think we are ready. We've done a solid 30 minutes on anime. Matt, how is Legacy looking? All right, let's take a look at Legacy. Um, This week doesn't look too bad. So the top eight has a couple copies. Uh, other than that, though, it looks like we've got, I think we've got, what, if I'm mathing this correctly, six different decks in the top eight seven with one uh, copy. So the metagame summary yeah. also looks pretty clean. Like there's a ton of different decks. Oh my God. Look at that. Seven other. Yep. Two, 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 and two, two, one, two, one, 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 one. So yeah, it's uh looks like we're still rocking that very diverse metagame. So fortunately I was peeking through here. Doesn't look like there's at least for the first couple decks been a whole lot of radical changes. Uh huh. So kind of like last week with modern where like, a lot of normal stuff. Yes. So interesting decks. I mean, case in point, first place. Holy shit. Yeah. First but. place, we've got Death Shadow with uh, Helvetti bringing it home. So Death Shadow, probably one of my favorite, like, 
I, I think this is pretty accurate. It's everyone's second favorite uh, Delver build. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, case in point, you've got, you got Merktides rolling around in there. Yep. So uh, creatures, we've got four Death Shadow, three Baleful Strix, four Grief, and two Merktide Regent. Uh, all that makes plenty of sense to me. Um, I'm the huge... I'm huge on Merktide. I don't know if two, uh, yeah, probably I, three, but whatever. I don't know why you wouldn't run Merktide in a Death Shadows list. Just to have like just a backup because your plan is to late game spend one mana on a five five or six six or seven seven. So spend two mana on an eight eight with flying. So I mean, there's there's arguments to be on both sides. Like, so I can see it. Um, but yeah, it seems like Merktide is still even in a Death Shadow list the strongest creature, but it. You know, the realities of actually playing the deck could very easily make it so you don't necessarily want three or four. You de- you like just going through it, you just flat out might not want to see it in multiples. So uh spells, all this will seem very familiar. Brainstorm, ponder, uh, we've got reanimate and thought seize, so there's some of your black there. Days, uh two him to Turok, huge fan, one of my favorite cards, two snuff out, um, one of the premier removal spells for black, basically. Yep. Um then we got four force wills because you're playing blue. And why the fuck not? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's basically the gist of the the deck. You get your life total low low with uh snuff outs and thought seizes and reanimates. Uh you know what we don't have actually in here? The uh the cycler guy. I can't think of the Street name. Street Wraith. Right Street Wraith. Yeah. That was pretty much a mainstay, and it looks like grief has taken its spot. Well, Street Wraith is what enables you just to power out, like, turn one or turn two, easily yeah. Death Shadows. Yeah. I mean, Fetch, Shock, Wraith, Thoughtseize, and it's like, holy cow, now you're already you're already in Death Shadow range. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things, it's kind of, it also has a decent play with, like, Reanimate. You can chuck it for two life, Reanimate yeah. it, and then now you've got a reasonable threat. A thing. It's a thing. It's a thing, and it's attacked your life total to the point where, like, you're now, again, very close to being able to just chuck a Death Shadow down there, but just flat out replacing it with Grief. I personally like that plan. Yep. Um I think Grief's... Uh, it's just better, for the mo- most part. Like, just clearing the way, because especially a deck like this, which isn't entirely glass cannon, but kind of is. It's kind of glass cannony, and uh, being able just to protect... Uh, protect the path with grief. Grief is so strong. Oh my gosh! And grief plays really well with uh, reanimate too. Yep. So uh, that that's what I was gonna say is once it's like you do that, you fucking evoke it. You get a card, then it's right in the graveyard, and now yep. you're right back to reanimating it. Yep. Or it sticks around and it's a solid threat. I don't know. Like grief seems like it does everything you'd kind of want. I mean, obviously it doesn't dig you deeper in your deck. Yes. That's the one thing Street Wraith has over it, in my opinion. It also is weaker to bolt. That is an issue. Street Wraith, if I remember correctly, is a 3-4. Um, Grief is a 3-2. Gotcha, yeah. So it can die to remove a little easier. But like just as a creature, it does way more. And it like this deck has got to be like just beat up all over combo decks, in my opinion. Like You've got four Grief, four Thoughtseize, two Him, and four Force of Wills, and four Jesus. Like nothing is good. Like if they don't go off turn one without you having a for- force, it's probably just not going to happen. Yep. And, like we talk about all the time, like, disruption's not enough. You need disruption and a threat. And this deck is running some of the most aggressive threats yes. this side of combo stuff. So, like, a one-mana fucking 10-10 is pretty fucking aggressive. It's a, it's a fast <laughs> clock. It is. As so, we say in the biz. You know, 
keep the combo decks on their back foot a little bit, slam a couple death shadows, swing, game's over. Yep. So I uh I've always wanted to build and play Death Shadow. Um I have basically the entire deck. In fact, I think I have everything on this list except for one underground C. Correct um, me if I'm wrong, but you could you could um snuff out your own thing and daze it, right? Yeah. Just to pay the four life. Like you could just that's just four mm-hmm. free life sitting there. You could snuff out your own Death Shadow, which Oh, not your own Death Shadow, because it's got to be a non-black creature. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, well, that, so, you can't really then. You're great. I mean, you, be, you got Murktide. You're Murktide. Never mind. That line is, is is pretty pretty slim pickings. But it is a line, and that's one of the things. Like, if you've got one man up and you're swinging for lethal, your Death Shadow's four light bigger. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, even, you don't need the mana. You can just you can just choose not to pay. Just, well, the theory, so what I'm looking at is you've got a Murktide and a Death Shadow. You're swinging. Yeah. You're four life short. You can pay the four life for snuff out, pay the one for the days, get your four life and still kill them with a Murktide because well, no, it wouldn't even kill it. No, I'm, well, yes. I say you don't even, no, it, no, it would kill it. It would destroy target non-black creature. Yeah, but you're. But you just don't pay the days. Oh, the, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of a backwards. Where, yeah. yeah. You just, you daze your own. You, yeah, you, you daze you, it and you let it count. And you just. That's you, what I'm, yeah. yeah I was you, thinking of it from the other way around. Gotcha. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to, you don't need to resolve. Yeah. The, you actually you don't pay, want it to resolve. You pay the price of four life. Like it's a very minor line, but interesting. That's that's what magic is all about. Is very very niche lines. Yep. All right. Sideboard. We've got engineered explosives, hydro blast, uh, three surgicals, dress down, null rod, powder keg. So powder yep. keg. Two mana at the beginning of your upkeep. You may put a fuse counter on powder keg. Tap it. Sacrifice it. Destroy each artifact and creature with CMC equal to the number of fuse counters on powder keg. I have no idea why this is better than like engineered explosives or ratchet bomb or we've seen it a few times where powder keg comes in over ratchet bomb or engineered explosives or not engineered explosives. Ratchet bombs the clearest comparison, but like I don't know why or um, Karn Silex, which is the new one. I'd have to look at them. But my thinking on this, the only thing I can think of is this would be better against zero cost stuff. Because if I remember correctly, you have to tap the ratchet bomb to blow it up. I could be wrong there. I don't have one sitting in front of me. So with a ratchet bomb, well, but, no, but but it comes in on yeah, zero. Yeah, it comes on. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Other than you do get to flex on having an old card. Yeah, but it's like quite a bit. Like, is it just the same? Except it only gets triggers on upkeep, which means you'd never get a trigger your first turn. Well, so ratchet bomb hits each non-land permanent outer keg. Just gets artifacts and creatures. Okay, so what non-land permanence is this deck running? <laughs> right. Uh, it does have Court of Cunning, because, like, there's none in the main. Yeah. So we've got Court of Cunning. It's non-land or non-creature. Dress down, I guess. Dress no, down. Maybe no rod. rod. Maybe you don't hit your own no rod. But, yeah. like, oh boy. I mean, I guess, That's like... Some slim pickings. It's a much worse card to be able to hit your... To be able to miss your own no rod. Which, actually, you can't miss your own no rod, because no rod shuts it off. I don't, I don't know, know why that's not just Ratchet Bomb. I don't either. So if anybody knows, let me know. Yep. I'd love to hear it. Um, but I, I'm i not seeing it. So uh, Sudden Edict, continuing on the sideboard, sideboard Sudden Edict, uh, Turok, again, kind of following the same game plan. We've got Discard and Threats, yep. protection from white. So that's probably in there for the initiative matchup at this point. I mean, I've had, yeah, as, things, as a blue-white control player, like yeah, I've... And, I've Got in a spot where they they are able to resolve a Turok against me, and it's like I can't, can't kill this. Yeah, if it resolves, you can't kill it. Like I have to find a board unless wipe. you've got like Supreme Verdict or uh, Terminus. Terminus. Yeah. So 
Um, then Brazen Borrower, Court of Cunning, like we already said, and uh, Plague Engineer. That's basically the whole list. Court of so, Cunning is pretty sweet. Yep. It's a really nice cool little card. sideboard juke. Um, if I'm not going to get in with damage, just a way to end the game and generate tons of card advantage. And like with the Baleful Strixes, the Griefs, like the Murktides, taking it back, like even if your opponent can get get it, you're an aggressive deck. You can get that. Yeah, there's plenty back. of evasion here. The only thing that doesn't have some sort of evasion is Death Shadow. Yeah, and it being an 8 is pretty good, pretty evasive. Yeah. <laughs> it does <laughs> block it or die. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got uh, JPA93 with Sneak and Show. Mm-hmm. The Although this show does player. technically have one omniscience, so. So it's Omnital. Sort of. But it does have four sneak attacks. So <laughs> Pick a I'm gonna fucking go lane. Ahead, I'm going to go ahead and call it Sneak and Show. The four sneak attacks, to me, is what yeah. differentiates it. Um. So creatures-wise, we've got one Simeon Spirit Guide, a couple of Traxa, a couple of Grizzlebrand, three Emrakul. That's all pretty standard. Spells <laughs> look standard. Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordain, Days, Show and Tell, Force of Will. Nothing really Nothing new there. crazy in here. Like, yep. One Omniscience in your... In the main and the side. Sneak and show deck. Lotus Petal, Sneak Attack. Let's see if the sideboard has anything uh, new and exciting. So we got Flusterstorm, Meltdown, Pyroblast, Elemental Blast... Surgical, a braid, defense grid, Magus of the Moon. Yeah, like, yeah, not too crazy going on. Nope. So cool. But JPA is like, yeah, I mean, really known for being just a phenomenal sneak and show player. And I'm not surprised to see them just come in and run a super stock, super solid list that they feel comfortable with. Yeah. Next up, we've got Mono Red Painter. Oh, it's Goblins. Yep. The best Goblin deck. It's Goblins with Bray's Apprentice. <laughs> Let's see if we got anything new here. So we got the Welder Engineer. Painter Servant, One Brea's Apprentice, uh, Burial Recruiter, uh, that uh, Phyrexian Dragon Engine, which we've talked about before, Simeon Spear Guide, Fury, nothing new there, Lightning Bolt, Pyroblast, Red Elemental Blast, that's all pretty standard. No, nothing really going on here that in the main or like the side. doesn't look like anything new in this one either. Yeah, just a, a pretty standard stock legacy tier one list. It is, to me, telling just how good Lightning Bolt is that A... You run it in your pseudo combo deck. Yep. Oh yeah, it's and when they're you're like I've got two in the main. I fucking want another one in the side. Yeah, because <laughs> you might need one more bolt. Yep, might need one more bolt. Um, so we got lightning bolt, surgical thorn of amethyst, uh, snaring bridge, the fairy, magus of the moon, and fury. So nothing in this we haven't seen before either. Look at this nonsense modern deck playing like it's a yeah. legacy deck. So fourth and seventh yeah. are Timir Cascade. We talked last week about how this deck is here to stay. It's an actual, this is a legacy deck, and deal with it. takes up two out of eight yep. top eight slots. Now, there is a there are a couple differences. I do want to talk about these side by side. One of them is $1,300 more expensive. So clearly something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so the one in fourth is... Four spirit guide, elvish spirit guides, four simian spirit guides, and then four shardless agents for your creatures. We've got a couple Minskin boos, which is clearly not in all the lists because it's not in the seventh place one. Uh, and then let's go through the spells: so crashing footfalls, force of negation, mystical dispute, violent outburst, dead and gone, fire and ice, force of will, seagate. So all that's pretty standard stuff. Like yep. the numbers may get tweaked or whatever, but like that's the list. Uh, lands pretty typical. Anything in the side. Inevitable Betrayal. Search target opponent's library for a creature card. Put that card on the battlefield under your control. Cool. That seems really good with Cascade. <laughs> that would be a fucking beating. 
Oh yeah. It's the, I thanks mean, for cool, bud. Like, you know, I just don't think that eight power on turn two is going to beat show and tell. Yeah. How about an Emrakul? An Emrakul on turn two definitely does, though. Or a Grizzlebrand or an Atraxa. And, and in theory, it can be turn one. Oh, yeah. Heaven's about Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, like slamming eight power early is not enough against a lot of decks. Like, this is... There's not a whole lot of reason to do this. But in theory, you could cast this. You could Emrakul them if they went first on their upkeep. Because Violent Outburst is yeah. an instant. <laughs> yeah, you could just... Pop. Guide, guide, guide. guide. Violent outburst, inevitable b- betrayal. You go to your first main phase with a fucking Emrakul. Like, yep. <laughs> hope good, you luck. Brought, like, good luck, bud. Brought your A game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking at the seventh place list, we've got a couple deviations here. So we've got Brazen Borrower along with the Guides and the Agent and then two Murktide Regent. Kind of speaks to the power of Murktide Regent that we were just talking about. Um, and then in the for the spell slot, what do we got? Crashing Footfalls, Force of Negation, Mystic yeah, the, the spell suites are, are almost identical. Um, Minsk and Boo gets bumped to the side. Did some different sideboard choices a little bit, but... In- inevitable Betrayal still in there. Yeah, like there's not a whole lot different between these lists. Murktide, Murktide Regent, Minsk and Boo, main versus side, but pretty pretty standard. And we were talking about in Modern how this deck is just kind of stuck in this spot of like, there's only so many spells you can cast that are worth casting over three mana. Well, Legacy has more of them. Yep, it has a couple more. So, Minskin Boo, um, we've got Blood Moon in the, the seventh place list. It's not in the fourth place. Like, But that again, that's just kind of trying to get to three mana and win the game off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's our Cascade lists. Fifth place, we've got Reanimator. It's listed as four color. Let's see what's actually in it. And you were you were going to give me those Reanimator cards back, right? You were just going to give them to me? Nope. Because this is the deck I want to play again. D- and- did you give them to me? No. <laughs> or or did I do you a favor buying them in the first place? You did. That helped me. <laughs> to help you get help your me, control deck. Help me get my control deck that I'm, <laughs> I don't play anymore, that I just want to play Reanimator. Right. <laughs> so you'll just give them back because you want to help me, right? No. What if I trade you some Force of Wills? I'd trade them for Force of Wills. Yeah, see, there we go. Everybody wins. Yep. Um. I mean, they're only worth like $60 now, but. Eh, still 60 bucks. It keeps cash in your pocket. And they're just sitting in a binder for me. Uh, anywho, Reanimator. Let's see. Four Grief, one Sarah's Emissary, three Archon, four Grizzlebrand. So that's relatively reasonable there. I'll tell you, after playing, I mean, literally like 10 games or less, or uh, 10 matches or less with this deck, and I played an Atraxa list, like playing the red-black lists, and I guess like there's room for one Atraxa, totally, but playing the red-black list, like... The deck is meant to go fast, and you just never want anything. Like Grizzle Brand. I just want Grizzle Brand. I don't ever want a Traxa. I don't want to ever go turn one or turn two a Traxa. Mm-hmm. I want to go turn one or turn two a Grizzle Brand. So, like, I found myself, like, cutting a Traxa in sideboard games. I found myself, like, really, like, just wishing it wasn't an Atraxa in there because it's just a waste of my time. Okay. There's, like, it just, it's not needed. Obviously, the card's amazing, but like we saw when it first came out, the card fits a lot better in like blue black reanimator where we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to get on turn four or five and we don't have the 14 life to pay. But if you have the 14 life to pay, Grizzlebrand's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically just does the same thing. But it's, it's, I would wait and I haven't played it, but like we talked about this before. It's like, what percentage points do you gain or lose by adding one to your deck? Yeah. And at that point, you go, I have. I just I my whole thinking of it was like well, did, I tell you what once did we hit it like being in your deck ever do anything make your deck worse 
I don't think so. No, I don't think I don't think it ever negatively affected it because I think I I drew it once or twice and I was able to use it as like a grief pitch target. Gotcha. So I mean, like I don't think so because I was going to say the the one I I don't even know if we necessarily even talked about it, but one of the biggest reasons I would want it is it kind of is like a grizzle brand light in case your grizzle brand gets surgical. You can still do something where like you can play a dude and get yeah. some cards. Yep. It, like a, it's a better arc. It's better than Archon at drawing cards. Yeah. But worse than Grizzle Brand. Yep. I see. So, but again, I I don't play the deck. I don't know how much that actually matters. Yeah. So shut up. Well, I'm posing questions. I'm not posing solutions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that's put it in there. Um. But that's that's where like I would consider that card is like. Especially because, I mean, if you look at the... For a while, Surgical wasn't around. So yeah. I can understand, like, why would we have that? Because, like, mo- almost everybody was just nuking graveyards wholesale. But, like, I could see yeah. if, like, Surgical becomes... Because like, we've seen quite a few in the top eight already. Yep. And like, it's like, if Surgical gets a big resurgence, then, like... Well, my big thing was Surgical was pretty dog shit against Blue Red Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Or not Blue Red Reanimator. Uh, against Blue Red Delver. Yeah. Because, like, it just... Like, that's not what we need to... That's not how we need to fight the uh, DRCs and Murktides with Surgical. We need to fight it with Ley Lines or with Rest in Peace or with Tormod Scripts. Yeah. Assuming you fight the graveyard at all. Assuming you're going to fight the graveyard. Which I agree with you. The permanent ones you do. Like, Rest in Peace against, like, Murktide decks is a fucking amazing card. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like, like if they've got Murktide and DRC, and you have a rest in peace out, you, they're in deep shit. I've literally like I was playing against Derek, and uh, I just like wow, there's a first this DRC is a one one forever, and this Murktide is literally uncastable. Yeah, holy or shit! I have to get every single mana producing yep. land, including my wasteland, wasteland. <laughs> in order to cast it. Yes. Yeah. So, um, anywho, the rest of the main deck looks pretty standard. I mean, again, we're yeah. talking, there may be number fluctuations in here, but, yep, but the crazy in here. are all pretty stock. Uh, we got Silence. I cannot emphasize how much it's, or how nice it is to have four Grief, four Unmask, and four Thoughtseize yep. in a deck. Well, I mean, that's what I was talking about with, uh, like, Death Shadow. Like, you don't have the four uh, Unmask, but you've got the two Hymns. Yep. Where it's just, like, attacking their hand before they can do anything about it. It's just backbreaking. Especially when it doesn't put you down on tempo. Uh-huh. Um, the the one thing I'm curious about in the sideboard, so we've got silence. Is there, like, the only, what's going on in Legacy? What are the cards that would be cast that would prevent you from targeting your opponent with Orm's Chant? Orm's Chant, if I remember correctly, is just a better card. But it doesn't, tar- but silence doesn't target. Because, like, Orm's Chant is target player can't cast spells this turn. If it was kicked, they can't attack. Silence is your opponents can't cast spells this turn. So like yeah. you don't have to target, but like it's not like I see Lane Line of Sanctity all everywhere either. So like why wouldn't you want Orm's chant? I don't know. Do you, um, does the deck have the ability to ever pay two white? I suppose that's another question. So it's got one scrubland. I mean it has lotus petals. Yeah. It has so scrubland like, lotus petals. Like it can. It can totally um, pay white yeah, white. Mean, if you and, can get white white, I don't know why you wouldn't want orange. And I mean, I can envision a world where, like, I can envision a world where, you know, I slam a grizzle. Like, I'm gonna get show and tell, and my opponent has played an Emrakul, and I get to slam a grizzle brand, draw a bunch of cards, and I can go on their upkeep. Orem's chant, you can't attack. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't use Emrakul. So, I can envision a world where that absolutely matters. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I, if there's Again, anybody listening, if there's 
I know Leyline of Sanctity exists, and I know there's a couple other cards that like give you hexproof and whatnot. Yeah, but like I Veil haven't... doesn't do that. Like Veil Summer doesn't hit white. Yeah, Veil Summer doesn't hit white. There's um, no like counter spell that targets you or a permanent. I mean, those exist, but no one's playing counter target spell that targets you or a permanent. Or control. like misdirect isn't anywhere. No. So that'd be fucking brutal. <laughs> well, uh, I think Orm's chant says opponent. No, it's target player. That'd be brutal. <laughs> oh my god. Is that is it until the end of turn? Yes. I'm trying to think of a way to make Orm's chant work with like Emrakul, like the promise end, so mm-hmm. it can't for you, you trying to make it so like you can't force me to cast my spells, but I don't think there's a way to do that. Yeah. Anywho, that aside looks like pretty uh so we got silent surgicals show and oh, this has got the show and tell pivot, but it's not like dedicated. This um, is about what I was playing. Where like, I mean, it, the show and tell pivot was just four show and tells on the side, and you just like when I was playing it, I would take out the worst reanimation spells. So like, I would take out exhumes and animate deads, bring in show and tells, and then whatever other relevant sideboard piece I thought I would need. So you know, you still have your most powerful reanimator package, yeah, and like, a I'd bring show in like tell. you know maybe like wear and tear, four show and tell, two wear and tear, and you know maybe a uh, two surgical or whatever. And I'd take out some of the worst anim- reanimation spells, bring in a sideboard juke with show and tell, and relevant sideboard cards. Do you, if you're doing that, do you just bring in Iona? Like, if you're looking at this list, do you just automatically bring in Iona as well, just to maximize your chance of having a dude in your hand? So I, didn't have I, I, I didn't have Iona in mine, but no. I, I still would not bring in Iona just for, like, extra show and tell love. because Unless Iona is a game winner, I don't. I have no desire to... to cheat that into play like unless i'm playing against elves and i can say green and you really can't play the game anymore or like or uh you know painter and i well actually yeah no because they're still red i could say you know if you're playing mono red painter wow it doesn't it doesn't no, really even do anything it doesn't do it stops they can, you from playing the game but it doesn't stop you from doing the combo because well, like all your spells are still red i don't uh oh they're still red. oh for sure they, they, oh yeah, yeah gotcha it's in addition to their other <clears throat> yeah gotcha yeah they become blue and red or whatever but like, it, but like, you can still you can still just draw. You can you can just draw um, whatever and draw yeah, painter servant. You can still do it. But you know what I'm saying? Like the the decks that like uh, that really get hosed. That those are the ones that I'm bringing in Iona. I'm not bringing it in just to have a little bit more one more creature for show and tell. Yeah. And like I said, the out of the ten matches, I brought show and tell in all the time, and I still I never cast it because I just like still had reanimation. All right. Eight cast is next. Uh huh. Put this at six. That's Demir Artifacts. Yep. Because it has a bunch of black cards in the sideboard, but you'd, <laughs> there's only one you'd ever actually pay mana yeah. for. Fairy Macabre, Dismember. Those don't really count. <laughs> yeah. And then and Plague then Engineer Plague is Engineer. for realsies. Plague Engineer and Hole Breacher side by side. All Those right. are ridiculous. Yep. Imagine if imagine if Plague Engineer had, had Flash. No. <laughs> I'm not even going to go down that path. Plague Engineer can go fuck off <laughs> guard's so stupid i remember bringing in plague engineer to kill my opponent's ice fang coaddles and then being surprised they didn't kill my ice fang coaddles because i was i didn't i just at the time didn't realize it was opponent and i was like well i'm behind i'm willing to trade my ice fangs for their ice fangs and, and so still I be left it. with a three two or two two death and i just get to keep my ice fang coaddles yep <laughs> It's like this. So is now awesome. I have I've got two coaddles uh, and a plague engineer. Do. You don't have shit. Have Take four, bud. <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, fuck that card. Anywho, uh, eight casts. So we've got the patchwork automaton that we've talked about a couple times. That's kind of 
probably the newest addition to this deck. Yep. We've got Emery, uh, Kappa Cannoneer, Thought Monitor, uh, Metallic Rebuke, which we don't actually see all that time. Mm. Uh, we It's frequently in like... Oh, it's modern. The modern ones, but it's not all... And even then, it's not even in all of them. It's, nope. It sees play in them, but it yep. doesn't... The uh, the other one, the one that sees play a lot is the one with... Uh, um, I can't remember the keyword, but it's like if you control a creature for, with power four or greater... Oh, Stubborn Denial. Yeah, Stubborn Denial. That's the one that sees a lot of play. Yep, because it's, it's like, just one blue. It's just actually counterspell, too. Yeah. Whereas um, this one has Improvise, and it counters unless they pay three. Yeah. So it's a cheap... Uh, a lot of times it's zero mana. mana. Yeah. Uh, then we got... Oh, go I ahead. guess it wouldn't necessarily be zero mana very often, would it? Because you only have... Uh, the only thing that taps it for blue is Kappa Cannon here. So... Doesn't Thought Monitor and Emery? Because it just has to be a blue creature, right? Oh, I thought it was an artifact. Oh, uh, well, Thought Monitor is an artifact. Emory, you're right oh, about yep. Emery. Yep, Thought yep. Monitor. Yep, yep. I, I looked past Thought Monitor. So yeah, you got Thought Monitor and Capricorn here that can make it legitimately free, but also it's just one mana yeah, a lot what, of times. I was thinking of Convoke, where it would just be any creature. Yes. But yeah, Improvises, Convoke, artifacts. but for artifacts. But Thought Monitor is an artifact. Um, then we got Force Will, Thought Interestingly cast. enough, go back, Does can you improvise colored mana? Because on the reminder text, it just uh, says pays might for not one. might be able to. So there so you go. Light, so, okay, gotcha. So you can't even improvise blue mana. So you can it always. Oh yep, It yep, always yep. costs one blue. Yeah, it's at best. Just way worse than convoke. Uh, Sorry, continue. Yep. So that's the spells, artifacts again. Same shit. This list has not changed at all. Nope. Chalice, Lotus Petal, Bobble, Opal, Bobble, and then the uh, Urza Saga package. Um, yep. Sideboard. We've got Haywire Might, which has become a mainstay in basically anything with Urza Saga. Oh, that in card's it. amazing. Yep, turns out a tutorable disenchant's pretty good. And not even disenchant, exiles. Yeah, but like, like it's just that oh. effect of like, because like it's on rate too, because it's a green. I know, it's, it's one and a green. Two. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, and, it's better than two because. And you yeah, you do it in payments. You do it in payments. And you gain a lot, gain two life. Right. Well, and the, the Urza Saga puts it directly into, pay, into yeah. play. You only ever just pay a green for it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you can cast it, obviously, but like, yeah, you rarely cast it. You just go get it and kill their ensnaring bridge. Yeah. And it blocks, gains you two life. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's card's good. It's probably the best disenchant uh, printed. Um, then we got Soul Guide Lantern. Again, another uh, saga target. Brazen Borrower, we see all the time. Dismember. Here's the black cards. Dismember, Fairy Macabre, and the Plague Engineer, which we talked about. Four more forces because fuck combo. Yep. And then two whole breacher. Well, that's pretty stock. Remember that list we talked about last week? The uh, I think it was last week or it was two weeks ago, but that storm list that was all in on wheels. Mm-hmm. I watched LSV play like half a league with that deck. Holy shit, it looks fun to play. I, I you said gonna, fuck combo that made me think of it, and I was like, holy shit, wheel, wheel, wheel. And that then, deck looks. Dude, did fun. he do? Get it? Did he get to do the thing where like you can't lose or like? He might. I only saw like the first like two and a half matches or maybe mm-hmm. three matches, but he didn't even get to do that. But it was it was funny. I think he lost match one. Um, but I I think at the end of match three or I think he halfway through match three, either every game he won on turn one or did not win. Hmm. It was either or. Either the game was over on turn his turn one, or he lost. Oh, and I think he ended up winning. Like, then he, he had like a, a turn three win. Gotcha. But yeah, it was. The deck either does its thing, and it's kind of funny. He also ran into he also ran into silence twice. <laughs> that day, yeah, that, he's got pretty fucked there. Yeah, he ran he ran into silence and force of vigor in two separate matches, Brutal. and ended up losing one and winning the other. But gotcha. That it just looked like it looked like so much fun to play because it's just like turn one game's over, motherfucker, and like legit over, like turn one 
tendrils dead. <laughs> yeah, the deck looked like it'd be super fun to play. And that combo of like, I'm going to bet, a, or I forget exactly what it was. Um, my number's going to be a trillion and then I'm going to yeah. gain a trillion life. Wheel of misfortune. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's so good with whatever. that. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, so I cool. get to draw no matter what. There was a lot of times he was, and he was new at the deck. And there were, there were several times he was like, in my opinion, incredibly misplaying with that card because he would play it without the protection, just play it. Mm -hmm. Um, But his opponents would like just constantly, I'm assuming not understand the card and they would pay zero or whatever. But like there was an example where like his opponent went, you know, turn one Urza saga pass. He did whatever. And then his opponent went, um, turn two ancient tomb. And so he's going and he's like, well, I'm going to cast this wheel of misfortune. What should I name? And I'm like 18 because either you get to wheel or he can't play the fucking game anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they can't play the game anymore. You know what I mean? Because they have an ancient tomb and there's a saga. Yeah. So 18. And he names like 12. Mm-hmm. But his opponent named zero. So he gets the wheel anyway. So like you're kind of getting, I think, leverage people but not does under- he pay the 12. He, he then loses 12. Whoever votes. votes the highest pays that much. Yeah. And so obviously, but when you're doing it, it doesn't like the game's over. If your opponent doesn't have burn. Yeah. Ideally. And so. Well, and if he's going saga ancient tomb, he probably. I mean, he, don't have, he probably doesn't yeah. have burn. He, I mean, he has no colored mana up. That's the yeah. important part. He has no colored mana up. And so, like, just name 18, because you need to guarantee the draw. And at 18, because if you tie, no, no one gets anything, except you all. I think you both lose a life. Yeah. So I'm okay if we both go to two, because now you don't have any. You're getting ready to lose that, because you can't use Urza Saga this turn, and you're going to lose it next turn. Right. Yeah, the only outcome there would be, like, if you flub, then you're at two. That's the only bad outcome would be yes. like, I didn't go off and now I'm at two. So the next. Yes. So if he goes rabble master, I'm in deep shit. Like what? Like just trying to. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he just he plays a dude. To, to, but again, again, like he has to do it off of the Urza saga. He's le- losing and the land one land drop because he can't use the ancient tomb. That's why I was like. And again, LSV is an, it actually is a very good well, no, magic what, player. What but, I mean is if he goes, if I go 18 and you go zero, I get to wheel. I miss my wheel. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then, then I'm at two and he gets to play the game. Like Yes. Yeah, that's true. I think in my mind, in my mind playing that deck, which I'm actually probably going to play some of that this week. It looks like a lot of fun. But like, I just take that as like, well, if the wheel, like when if the wheel fails, I lose. Anyways. The wheel fails, I lose. That's kind of like the reanimator thing. Like it's glass cannon. If reanimate doesn't work, I just lose. And that's how I would view that card where it's like. I have nothing else in this hand. If this wheel doesn't work, doesn't resolve and get me action to win, the game is over anyway. So I don't, I'll go to one. Like I could, I could see playing that card in other ways, depending on the game state. But in that particular situation, I mean, obviously I don't know what he was playing against. So all I know is the two lands. In but fairness, like, I don't either. Cause he died that turn. <laughs> it's true. But like, I could see going, I'm willing to like, currently this wheel doesn't have it. Like this hand doesn't have yep. it. I'm willing to wheel and see if I get it. Yep. Rather, and I'll bet half my life to do that. Like I'll pay ten to yeah. wheel. Oh yeah, easily. And then if, like I'm still in the game if it yep. doesn't go through. But that's honestly, quite frankly, not how I play anyways. Like I yeah. would if you did. Like that line is exactly what I would do. I'd go eighteen. Yeah. Because that's how I play. I'd be like, cool. My wheel goes off. I'm at two. Let's figure this out. Yep. I've won a million games at two. Life. Who fucking yep. cares? <laughs> But like, yeah, that like was, I can see the argument for trying to like split the difference yeah. and be like, well, I kind of just want to see what I draw because like, that kind of deck. It is like one extra turn. And sometimes all you need to rip the one card to keep it going if you yeah. if you whiff. But I would just play that deck as like either it happens or it doesn't. Oh, yeah. It's basically a good belcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a good belcher. <laughs> it's a good belcher. <laughs> 
there was a turn where he got to go like turn one lion's eye diamond lion's eye diamond lion's eye diamond <laughs> and then he got to fucking cast fuck that uh, what's the what's the wheel that you cast in the graveyard uh i know which Echo one of yeah. so he just get so we just restart the game except i have six mana in my pool that's <laughs> yep. <laughs> like you fucking cheater and you don't get to mulligan <laughs> yeah i'm gonna undo your mulligan <laughs> yeah because like that's one of the things uh, oh, like yeah. it doesn't seem necessarily obvious at first glance. Oh, I've been fucked by turn one echo, dude. It's really powerful in EDH. Like Winds of Change is a really cool card because it's one mana, and like you get to fucking like play your hand and then just wreck everybody's starting yep. hand. Be like, nope, you're just playing seven off the top. Yep, game's already started. You're not gonna mulligan, and you don't Hope get to draw well. Yeah, like the whole re- re- taking someone's mulligan opportunity is strong. Yeah, I've absolutely been turn one wheeled into no lands and it's like sweet this game's over well that's one of the arguments so i don't know if you remember but there was that uh i can't remember the name of the card but it was that deck that used that uh artifact that cost two less for every art every card you discard this turn and then there was like a two mana discard like you discard to each player discards two cards at random or something like that so you're talking about um hallowed one and burning inquiry yeah burning inquiry that's the so like Everyone would always the the argument was your two cards were random, so it doesn't matter that you drew two more random cards. It's like my two cards weren't random. This is frequently hap like if this is turn twelve, then and we just you know like if somehow I just have two random cards, my opening hand yes it's random, but I've mulliganed. I've yeah. chosen these oh, two yeah. cards. It's been I sculpted. Kept, literally, it's been sculpted. There's a difference between two cards out of your opening seven that you've picked and settled yep. on and, and just two cards off the top. Burning Inquiry is actually three. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember yeah, exactly it's, what it's, it was. Yeah, it's each player draws three, then discards three at random. Yeah, like it's, it's like, like it's almost half your hand. Yeah. And if you've mulliganed once, it is half your hand. Oh, yeah. Like half your hand being just given to you randomly and you having no say. I'm not saying it's bad design. What I'm saying is it's different than just three random cards. Yeah. And people saying that because the argument was like that card's really good and this in particular is really strong because what it's doing is it's generating mana and disruption. Yep. It's basically two cards here rather than just and then everyone would try to do their actually it's three random cards it's like no it's no, not. No, it's very different. It's, it's very different. Again, yeah, like like forcing a wheel on turn 1 isn't like oh are you technically we're at card parity blah 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 and it's like no we're not because I got to make I got to make game actions and then force you to mulligan right and like and now you can't re mulligan this and yeah you're, you're stuck, stuck with stuck that with I hope seven. that's a good hand yeah. you know how you opened up game turn opened up and you mulligan to six because it was a shit hand that happens sometimes yep not to mention even if I didn't haven't taken any actions necessarily. I've chosen a hand that is good when this happens. Yep. And you haven't. <laughs> so like yep. I have chosen this. Yep. Like I'm yeah, casting they, this wheel because by definition it's good for me. Yeah, you're erasing the 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 fact that I built my deck with this in mind and you didn't. Right. So enjoy your fucking fresh seven off the top. Yep. By Anywho. the way, yeah, Lotus Petal, Lotus Petal, uh, Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah, then I'm going to wheel. So <laughs> we're not even talking about card parity at this point. Yep. I'm going to dump my hand and draw seven fresh cards. You yep. get seven random cards yep. off the top. Yeah, wheels are fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, at least the new one, it's a May. Oh, is it? That that four one, the Simic. Uh, it's a May. You may discard your hand and yeah. draw. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So anywho, rounding out the top eight, we've got Just Guy Control. So uh, again, it's a typical... It's blue-white control with red cards in the sideboard. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot got, of red cards in the sideboard, yeah, actually. Yeah, there's quite a bit. 
um, enough that I was comfortable actually calling this Jeskai Kindle. Yeah. There's now not a ton of variety, but there's just a lot of cards. Yep. Um, so we've got a ton of Planeswalkers this time. Four Narset, two Three Fairy, two Wandering Emperor. I think that's basically the same thing as last time. I might be mixing up the... It looks pretty similar. The, uh, I, I think that's about the modern one from last week because there's basically this thing built in modern as well. Yep. But it in last week's it was like four solitude and only a couple. Yeah, it was four yeah. solitude and two three fairy. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about because I was talking to some people in the Discord about how the uh, the two three it's only there was only two three fairy because he was running that uh, flame blitz mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that that player literally just swapped them. He Teferi came sense. out, Plane Blitz went in. That's yep. why that's why he ran that's why they ran so few uh planeswalkers was because that was in the world where they had flame blitz, they never wanted to have a planeswalker, which yep. makes sense. And well when we specifically talked about that, yep. like is flame blitz good enough that you basically are gonna cut you, five fairies? And that's effectively what he did. He yep. built his deck around flame blitz, yep. not a, not the other way around. Yeah, he didn't build five fairy in and then make room for flame blitz. He's like, Well, I want flame blitz flame is more blitz. important. What needs cut for flame blitz? Yeah. And we're gonna start with the cards that die to flame blitz. That immediately die. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh spells in this one though, we've got ponder brainstorm, prismatic ending, spell pierce. Uh you know what's interesting though hmm. is with three fairy, if you had a flame blitz and you top deck a three fairy, you could just play three fairy, bounce your own flame blitz, and then draw a card. Yeah, because that's your end step, isn't it? Yeah, it's at your end step. So there's that. Yeah, that's Sorry. not necessarily a bad play. No, it's not. But it, it things have to go right in order for yeah. you to be able to do that. But yeah. Yeah. And well, presumably your opponent has either lost some planeswalkers to your flame blitz or has been holding them. But yeah. now you get to be like, okay, cool. On my turn, I'm going to... Just play Flame Blitz again. I got my card out of my Teferi, and I and I got an extra card out of it because you played your two Planeswalkers, and or they dead. didn't because like the fact they of the matter, you have Flame Blitz. if you bounce your Flame Blitz, that doesn't mean oh I'm gonna start casting my yeah. Planeswalkers. <laughs> yep. Where could he ever find one red? <laughs> yeah, I still have Flame Blitz, bud. Right. Well, in the flip again, another line would be like they play their Planeswalkers, you Flame Blitz them, then you play Teferi, bounce it, and then cycle the Flame Blitz. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Flame I Blitz drew the came card in, off killed two of your things. <laughs> then I drew a card with it. Then I drew another card with it. Right. Winning. Yeah. Tiger blood. Fuck yeah. Anywho. So, uh, Spell Pierce. Just going through the spells again. We got Spell Pierce, Swords, Plowshares, uh, The Day's Undoing, which I think we saw in last week's oh, yeah, list as well. With this many Narsets, there's no reason <laughs> to not run one. Um, uh, Force of Negation, Supreme Verdict. Force of Will, Dress Down, Charge Dragoon. Yeah, this list looks very similar. Pretty much the same. Even the sideboard does. We got the Blue Elemental Blasts, the Red Elemental Blasts, yep. Meltdown, Surgicals, Containment Priest, Serenity, Cosmic Return, and Ruination. So, like, pretty stock uh, blue-white control list with a splash of red. Let's wrap it up. Yep. How is the metagame Metagame, looking? other 21.88%. Let's jump down and look at creatures real quick. Anything... St- Jumping out as being ridiculous. I mean, Simeon Spirit Guide's the highest one at 22%. Same with Fairy Macabre. Um, like, Solitude uh, is up there at 12%. There's there's no initiative cards on the top uh-uh. 10 creatures. And it doesn't look like anything from... I mean, Murktide is sitting at 19%. But, like, there's Murktide's in Death Shadow. There's Murktide's in uh, one of the Cascade lists. And there was one... And there was Murktide's in something else, wasn't there? Maybe it was just those two. But like Murktide is clearly clearly sees more play than just blue red Delver. Yep. So it's not you know representative of just being a Delver's card. Um. So that's other is probably just straight up other. Uh. 
Then we've got Cephalid Breakfast, Reanimator, Painter, Cascade, Mono Red Prison, Delver, Death Shadow, and Doomsday, all with two. Then we've got Lands, 8-cast. Now, I do want to check something, just for accuracy's sake. There are two 8-cast lists as well. There's one categorizes 8-cast, and then there's the one that's uh, Demir, Demir Artifacts. Those are both 8-cast, so we've got another two drop in there. Yep. So Lands, uh, and then there might be a third with... There's another one called Blue Artifacts. Let's mm. see what the hell that... That sometimes isn't 8-cast, though, because there's... Um, you can just click on it over on the right. Oh, yeah, derp. That's how links work, Matt. Yep, it's 8-cast. <laughs> so it's just 8-cast. looks like 8-cast is actually yeah. the highest played deck in this uh, three out top of th- 32. Three out of the top 32, in case, unless we're missing something. so Yeah, there might be something in the undefines that are you know, yeah. actually all but coming together. Looking at the creature list, it doesn't really look like that's the case. Like There's two Jeskai lists, looks like. Yeah. Um, and they're the same list. Yeah, so then we've got one Hammer Time. What? Got Hammer Time as well. Oh yeah, fucking Legacy is just modern now. Uh-huh. We haven't seen Hammer Time pop up in a while. That's like true. it was kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, not like not like Team Your Cascade. Yeah, which is a legit deck. Uh, although it looks like Hammer Time is too. I mean, this is not the first time we've seen it. No, it's, it's not. Just was a uh, not super common anymore because uh, it was just like why play Hammer Time when I can play Initiative. Yep. Same thing with Death, Death and, and Taxes. taxes. Why yeah. play Death and Taxes when I can just play Initiative? Oh yep. Uh, we got a uh, mono green cloud post, an Esper Stoneblade, and the Sneakin' Show, which uh, got second. Most played cards, almost identical from last week. Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Surgical, Lotus Petal. Yeah, almost the exact same, if not. Uh, top creatures, Baleful Strix. Derek would have loved this meta. Uh-huh. Uh, Grief, Simeon Spirit Guide, uh, Murktide Regent, and Fury. And when are we going to get a black Simeon Spirit Guide? That would probably not be a great idea. Would be for me. I play Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> you already get dark ritual i do i do <laughs> you don't need Simeon spirit guy but i want it oh i know i mean hell you, red's lucky it even got it I yeah mean, elvish no spirit guide now, this is a Simeon spirit guide is just a color shifted uh-huh. elvish spirit guide um then top spells same thing force will brainstorm ponder surgical and lotus petal so nice legacies looking great again yep loving it all righty let's bump on over to modern uh probably gonna be a little shorter this week we're kind of plowing through this but kind of like last week how modern was just a lot of the same decks we see a lot with not a lot of interesting that's kind of where legacy was so yeah and i didn't do uh 30 minutes on various video games you did not i did though i did 30 minutes yeah, but on normally various... we do both yeah, <laughs> it'll be true. like 30 for me and like 15 for you yeah yep man that felt good to finish full metal alchemist i've been trying to do that forever it is not do you okay so before <laughs> Got to round out this episode here. Of course. (laughs) Pad the time a little bit. So I get a little bit of both whenever I finish something that I've really enjoyed. I'm really happy. And depressed. And a little like, now what? Yep. That's how. Like, what the fuck are you going to watch tonight? You have no idea. When I finish a good book series, um, because I love reading. And when I finish a good book series, I get legitimately depressed for a little bit. I'm not. I'm not belittling clinical depression, but like I'm really bummed out because it's like this has been all I've cared about for the last like maybe six months because I don't read very fast. Yeah. And I kind of do it in pieces, but like I've been reading this like for a long time. Your free time is this. Yeah. And like now it's done and it's done forever. It's like, fuck. That's how I felt when I finished the Harry Dresden files where it's like, fuck. And that's still going. There's no more. But you've basically run out of ones you haven't read. Yeah, and there's nothing else to read. Yep. And I keep checking, and they're always like a year and a half out. I know, dude. 
fucking Jim Butcher is a fantastic writer. And I just, I don't want him to sacrifice quality for speed, but I do want him to hurry the fuck up. Yeah, I would very much appreciate. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I didn't even like love the last two books. I'd probably enjoy him more now that I know going in that the first one is like a two-parter and it's yeah. all basically one long book. Yeah. So like, I'd probably enjoy it more listening to it again, going in that way. But like, even then, I'm just like, okay, what's next? Like, I want to see, like, the first, the, the last one ends with, like, okay, humanity now knows the yeah. supernatural exists. At least Chicago Dig does. Dig yourself out of this hole. <laughs> well, Chicago just, does, and the internet exists. So. <laughs> I just desperately want Harry and Molly to get together. I want to just, like, there's no one else in the way. Get the fuck over it. You're different people now. Yep. Shack up. She's no longer a fucking 14-year-old girl. She's not. She's the... She's the queen of, or not the queen, but she's the, the, oh God, yeah, well, what's she's called? one of the queens. Cause there's, what's it called though? The, the, the winter the, court. No, the lady. Yeah. The winter lady. Winter lady. She's the winter lady. Yeah. Like it's not Molly who's in a training bra and wiping the makeup off her makeup off her face in the treehouse. That seems awkward as fuck. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> You're just like, whoa, Harry. Uh, like you, cause you put yourself in Harry's uh-huh. position and you're like, this is weird. This is fucking weird. Dude, I had one of those. So we had, uh, our, one of our mutual friends come over recently. Um, and he came with his girlfriend because mm-hmm. he was looking at buying something of mine is by my motorcycle. And he went for a test drive and he left his girlfriend there. And that was weird. You're like, I don't like this. Hello. <laughs> we talked for like five minutes. And then I was like, Sarah, why don't you come out here and hang out with us? <laughs> this is uncomfortable. So the way you break the tension, be like, so you single? <laughs> I thought she'd been like, so how big is it really is? <laughs> I mean, he's going for a Harley. It can't be that big. It can't be that big. I know. I drive one. <laughs> Adequate. <laughs> But yeah, I very much had that like, I don't, I don't get in those situations very often, but I was just like, hooey. You remember I, you're I, a magic player and you don't know how to talk to girls. <laughs> it's not that. It, it's not that at all. I I do know how to talk to people very well, but it's just when you're a guy, I, I saw it was a TikTok I saw, but it was like one of the things, if you're going to be a, a good person or a good guy, like you have to like manage is how much of a creep you look like at any given time. And it's really hard to not look like a fucking creep and i just feel like a, a alone time with someone's girlfriend and she's a, a attractive young lady it's like just this isn't supposed to happen and it made me kind of realize all those stories and dramas where it's like the girlfriend catches the boyfriend and it's like he's just like oh we were just hanging out i was just hanging out with her and it's like no you weren't <laughs> it's not it's very clear <laughs> When it's when when you're alone with a woman, it's not right. <laughs> Quote of the episode. Let's just take that out of context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, mental misstep brought it home first. Place. Oh, yeah, there's a mental misstep there. <laughs> uh, with indomitable creativity, the in my opinion, I maintain the premier combo deck of the modern format right now. Oh, yeah, that's for sure supplanted uh, Yogmoth. I mean, you could just look at the numbers. There's four in the top 32 for the Dominable Creativity and one Yogmoth. And how long has it been since we even talked about Yogmoth? Not very often. Now, that being said, there isn't really anything sort of interesting card in Bitter Reunion. Now, I find Bitter Reunion um, odd in that we're only running one Persist. So Bitter Reunion is a phenomenal way to get Archons out of your hand. Yeah, It's a two-mana artifact. You get to discard a card, then draw two. Damn it. Actually, it's a May. 
or di- that's right. You discard. Yeah, you may discard a card, and if you do, draw two, which is relevant. And then it has the extra ability where you can pay one to sack it and give your creatures haste, which is obviously pretty good with Archon. But so a way to get those Archons out of your hand and get some use out of them. But you only have one persist, so kind of happy there. But there's also only one bitter reunion. Yep, and it is supposed After to that, be though. a like Plan E. Yeah, plans A but through D are fucking cast <laughs> indomitable creativity. Where X equals two. Yeah. So other than that, though, there's nothing really interesting going on in the deck here. Eight Planeswalkers, four Archons. Uh, the spell suite's a little different. Like, we actually have like a full four spell pierce and one persist. Interesting, in my opinion. Like, no, like, uh, Prismari command or anything. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of artifact creation in this deck other than Strike It Rich. You're really leaning hard on the Dwarven Mods. Yeah. Which, um, obviously it worked great, but, like... Artifacts are way harder to remove than creatures, and Indomitable Creativity is very easily interrupted with, like, a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. So I could see the decks having a—I mean, I, when I played, I would probably go a little more in the middle on having some good artifact generation just to have some food or some toke or some treasures or something laying around that I can creativity into an Archon and not worry about a Fatal Push or a, whatever, a lightning bolt or— Oh, holy yeah. heat. Again, nothing else really going on in the main, though. Here, sideboard doesn't really have anything else going on either. Um, we do have, like, a full two sideboard creatures, which is something we don't normally see. You get to bring in a Traxa or Sarah's Emissary as extra hits off of your, whatchamacallit, Indomitable Creativity. But how do you feel about something like that, where this isn't Reanimator, where you get to go, like, if I need Sarah's Emissary, I'm going to Entomb Reanimate. You just have to hit Sarah's Emissary. I or it looks like, like it's per, to me. I think of those as like protection against like removing all your archons from your deck with whatever. Like I, there's a million cards to do it, but like and you go like, well, I'm, both of these are pretty good. So okay. that that's what I look at that like is like Just at no point in time. Again, there's always corner cases, but like nine times out of ten, I just want to hit archon. It yeah. just goes. Ham, it does everything you want it to do, and it's almost always guaranteed to be the game over. Because I mean, it's yes. effectively got nine power. Like, yep. And it's like a five for one, right? Like they discard, they sacrifice, you draw, you gain, they lose, and you still have archon, <laughs> and you have a six six flying, right? But as soon as yeah, like as soon as you attack, you lose do it all three, again. pop. So like that's what I'd be going after. I don't know unless I was being prepared for something like surgical or the, the one that got played for a little bit where like you just name a card and it's just gone. Um, Oh, unmoored ego does that stuff like that, like Um, that kind of effect. Necromantia does that. Yeah. And there's, there's enough of those cards where like I could see, Oh yeah. Like wanting to have a way to pivot away from those so that you, you don't, you're just not all in on it. Yep. And they don't see play as much in modern for sure, but like in pioneer, Whenever I'm playing against Black as Lotus Field, I have to side out one of the Lotus Fields. Yeah, just to make sure you don't get hit. Because like a turn three Necromentia on Lotus Field, I can't win. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm there's I'm sure there's you know times where you would bring them in. I'm not certainly not an expert on this deck at all. But like, correct me. Can can you hit Emrakul? I was looking at that myself, and I don't see any obvious reason why you couldn't artifact or creature cards. You could just slam into an Emmy. Yeah, like that's hyper relevant. And Emrakul is not quite as good when you don't cast it, but it's still a fifteen fifteen with eight, fucking eight more lines of text or whatever in an island. Imagine of if you had bitter reunion. 
I'm yeah. gonna give it. It's definitely better if it has haste. <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> but yeah, nothing super crazy going on in there. Second place, we do have the returning champion, the heavyweight, the title holder, carrying their big belt, Rakdos Scam. Grief Fury, Season Pyromancer, Dothy, and Ragavan. Yeah, like to me, I look at modern and these two decks with Merktide region as well. They're the they're the three-headed uh-huh. hydra of modern currently like it's these yeah. three murkide indomitable creativity and you're getting, you're getting scammed on turn one or two or you're getting creativity on turn you know four or five or you're getting murktided at some yeah. point in the game like those are those are the three like big baddies you're kind of prepared for when you're looking at modern yep. what yep. about just straight up reanimator like like mine like Probably it's not. just, just you know, and un, just unmarked grave persist. Like even the better version of your deck, no one plays. <laughs> Fuck you. And then the best version of your deck, everyone plays. I I will give you that. Before people were playing creativity and whatnot, you were reanimating Archon. Yeah, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah, you saw the power of Archon, and I felt the power of Archon. Where I'm like, fuck this. I called it too. I'm like, this card fucking sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, I fucking hate playing. It's not this card. fun to play against. <laughs> and then eventually, people figured out a way to consistently cheat it into play. Yeah. To me, it was inevitable. Where it's just like Modern's card pool is big enough that it was like somebody's gonna figure out yeah. some way to get this motherfucker in play for less than eight man or whatever it is. Or th- oh yeah. Or like, the two or three cards it takes me right. to do it. Like they need to do it cheap and consi- it it doesn't have to be like pseudo free like Legacy Reanimator because yeah. we're not talking about the quite the same power level. Mm-mm. It needs to be quite a bit cheaper and it needs to be pretty fast. But it doesn't have to be turn one for two mana. Yep. It needs to be turn three or four for four or three to five mana, yep. and that's good enough. And it sure is. It's fucking all over the place. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but this Rakdos scam deck, they're again like going through your Shildra's Edicts um, into those uh, removal slots is probably the most interesting thing to see here. We do have three Feign Death, three Undying Malice. So again, only six, only six Didn't Undying just effects. Talk about the other thing they were running. Um, we talked about the Edicts last week or the week before that, didn't we? Were they running Shildra's Edicts last week? I don't remember. I th- I think we were talking about we that we think they should be running Shildred's Edict because like the split second one or what were they running? I don't fucking remember. They might have been running e- they, I don't know. Continue talking. I'll, I'm not going to go back and yeah, you go I'll back go and look. find it. I'm not going to go back and find it. Um, Shildred's Edict the Edict slot is definitely <laughs> the most like flex slot in these decks that we've seen and like the one Croxa one of Croxa whether it's there or not. Uh, your sideboard you do have the last two Fable the Mirror Breakers you got two in the main board you got your four Culligan's Command which that's a statement Having four Culligan's Command on the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, oddly enough, so you have two Blood Moon, two Fable in the main, and then you have the other two Blood Moon and the other two Fable on the side. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have all four. We just can't run them all in game one. And then Engineer Explosives and Torak. Third, a deck that we've seen popping in and out pretty regularly ever since uh, whatever that format, whatever that uh, was that came with this stuff that made all the domain stuff. Uh, the 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 Dominaria, the new yeah. Dominaria set that basically gave us a new hit of domain. We got Domain Zoo with Giganta. Um, we have all of the best domain creatures. We have Tireless Tracker and the best creature by far, by like a mile, Ragavan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then you've got, uh, but like spells is pretty standard. You got Lightning Bolt, Stubborn Denial. We were talking about earlier. Dramoka's Command, Tribal Flames, the Four Leyline Binding, and then a mana base that is. Disgusting to look at, but just works really well when you have fetch lands. So love seeing that. But yeah, nothing 
nothing too interesting in here. This kind of falls into the uh, the Cascade Gambit, where like there's not like, Tyler's Tracker is kind of the most out there card you can play in this, and it's not even that good. But it's, it, Tyler's Tracker is a strong card, and it's just like is Tyler's Tracker better than Goyf here? Mm-hmm. And that's like maybe. And that I maintain that Goyf is not a high benchmark for how good a card is. And like I don't know if three <clears throat> mana for Tracker is better than two mana for Goyf. I personally would rather have Goyf in this type of build because this isn't a deck that likes to sit back and just generate value nope. and spend this is a, t- like like this is an aggressive deck. This right. is we're in the red zone and Goyf gets in the red zone better than Tracker almost every time. Right. And now let's the other the flip side of that though is so like realistically you're going to have we got to see how big Goyf can get. So creature instant sorcerer sorcery in theory enchantment Probably not. But Probably possible. not, but possible. And then possible like, artifact so, with Scion. Uh, yeah. Scion of Draco is yeah. an artifact. But Sir. realistically, you're looking at a four or five, like without just any, on your stuff. Yeah, with just you casting your things, and then like a, obviously one creature is going to die at some point. They're going to bolt something. Yeah. But on average, it's going to be creature, instant sorcery, land. It's going to be a yeah. four or five. So like and that you have does some a four incidental stuff. Whereas tireless tracker can get a little bit bigger. Starts out as a three two. Yep. Here's something though that as you look at the sideboard a little bit, and it actually makes a lot more sense. So look at your sideboard here. We've got engine explosives, fluster storm, two rest in peace, two hit Sugu consumes all. Mm-hmm. So okay, okay. wow, Tormogoy gets pretty bad. Yeah, it does when you uh, attack when you the have, graveyard pretty heavily. When you have four cards that are dedicated to attacking the graveyard, yeah, it turns out Tormogoy's pretty bad. So that makes the total sense where we we were running Tracker over something like Goyf, and then Wear Tear to Fairy Time Raveler and Orvar for the creativity matchup. Fourth place, just like Legacy, we actually have Demir Death Shadow popping in. Yeah, I saw that. That's ex. That's um, really fucking weird to be That's kind of cool that Death Shadow is putting up numbers in both Legacy and Modern in the same week. The spell, the creature suite's kind of similar uh, for Death Shadow. We do have the four Street Wraith in this one and four Murktide Regent. They're looking at, yeah, with uh, with what single Brazen Borrower. Um, the spell suite is just kind of like the worst version of Legacy with counter magic, hand disruption, removal, uh, but you don't get things like Snuff Out or. Uh, this member does a decent snuff out impression. It's true. That's true. This member it does doesn't guaranteed kill a Merktide though. No, it does not. But it, it, it comes. It comes close. It also it'll kill one versus. It'll kill. Yeah, definitely kill the second Merktide. But yeah, um, you know, fatal push, thought seize, lots of disruption, lots of counter magic, lots of just kind of getting you through. A little less self kill or like self damage here, but you kind of get to mitigate that with one modern's a more aggressive format, and two you like they're all shock lands like shocking it like there's no dual yeah. lands you're, you're never always gonna, get gonna land. be taking three you're from a land always a shock. i um i'm always surprised to only see the one dress down when like double death shadow with a single dress down is just 26 powers of 26 damage on the board like i just feel like that line is worth going into harder mm-hmm. <laughs> but clearly it's not the people that play these decks don't but in my mind i and i also i'm a sucker for like this like you know, a great example where Stifle's a bad card, but I love it. Like, I'm a sucker for these cards that you just look at them and you go, it does so much. It does so many things in so many games. And it also just cycles. So how bad is it ever really? And like, the floor is so high on Dressdown, in my opinion, relative speaking. And the ceiling, especially in this deck, is through the roof where you're like, I'm oh, going to no attack, huh? <laughs> attack with two four fours. Yep. 
Never mind. He heard of that card, Teamer Battle Rage. Imagine, <laughs> Imagine it on steroids. Right. So yeah, uh, the sideboard. Uh, one chalice, which is um, probably gosh, what's chalice there for? Because we're not putting it on one. Realistically, just zero for cascade stuff. Gotta be just for cascade, right? And then, uh, but only one. And then engine explosives. Uh, you know, Fush, pay dress down on a Sheldra's edict, Torok, Hearse, Path of Peril, stuff like that. Be fair. Does have two more dress down on the side. Oh, did it? I didn't yeah. even see him. So, okay, so we do have the ability to Which, go up. To be two. perfectly honest, kind of makes sense where you're like, okay, I can kind of get him maybe or like you know whatever. And then as soon as really good, but it's probably not good enough to dedicate a ton mm -hmm. to. But what it would be very good against is if you could get any sort of value out of your yeah. dress down at all. Yeah. Like as soon as you're playing against somebody who's like. Oh, I'm gonna counter your fury yep. and then yeah, fury tag you twice or, next turn. Uh, like elementals, like if you if you yeah any of the if you elementals. Snag them on turn, they want to go off with elementals and be like no, right? Like any any sort of like this can function as a counter spell that cantrips and then yeah. is like a battle rage on my turn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's you're right. fucking cool. Ah. <clears throat> Fifth place, boring old Merktide Regent. We did have an Is It Delver pop into the top eight of modern. Uh, Here's a pretty interesting breakdown, though, of creatures, in my opinion. So for Ragavan, duh, one Dragon Rage Channeler, which is a, which is crazy. Like Dragon Rage Channeler is one of the powerhouses of these decks. Like, like a three three flying isn't that good, but being able to churn through your entire library is pretty good. Like when consider Scry's two and draws one, um, or surveils, or surveils uh, yeah, surveils two actually. Uh, three Ledger Shredder. So getting it, taking advantage, uh, you're taking advantage of all these super cheap spells. Double spelling every turn, one brazen borrower, one seasoned pyromancer, just throwing card advantage out the fucking window. I hoping expressive iterations get, get gets you there for card advantage. Which I mean, I know that seasoned pyromancer isn't always card advantage. One, I consider when seasoned pyromancer discards two lands and draws two cards, that's card advantage. And two, when you have <laughs> no more bolt four on holy heat, four consider going hard and heavy in on these little cheap one or two mana spells. Counterspell, Expressive Iteration. And then Mistress Bobble also. Blood Moon because of course. And for your side, you've got some more disruption like uh, Flusterstorm, Abrade, uh, another uh, another uh, second season Pyromancer, Subtlety, and Fury. Kind of interesting. Like a lot of one-ofs in this sideboard. And here, here's it's, it's kind of weird to think about it this way where this deck has a ton of one-ofs in the sideboard and a few one-ofs in the main. And the card that's probably the best at digging for them they've reduced to one also like drc is the best at finding your one of fury like i need fury or i lose well i'm gonna cast a d i'm gonna cast two i'm gonna get my second drc out and i'm gonna consider lightning bolt consider and look at six or seven cards whereas we don't have those we only have one drc so an interesting yeah. way to split the deck up <clears throat> and to chew it apart so the they this kind of happened a little while back in modern as well where people started cutting their DRCs because the Merktide Regent was so popular and they all also run Ledger Shredder, which is just eats a DRC mm -hmm. most of the time. So I wonder if that's what he's doing. There's a shift in the going, meta. There's a, a bit of a shift in the meta. All my DRCs are getting gobbled yep. up by Ledger Shredders. Yep. Time to cut the DRCs and pivot into something that doesn't... Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. That's that forcing to attack in. If you've got a board... If, you, if, if the new meta is to run a... On average, two four or three five, the RC is pretty bad. Like you're just pissing cards away now. So that's that's pretty. That's a very good point. 
But the flip side, if you go down to the next list, uh, which is 13th, he's got all of the yep. so they're, DRCs. We're still a revolutionary deck up next. Sixth place. Is it sixth place? Yeah, sixth yep. place. Revolutionary. New to the scene. Never seen this before. It's this weird black-red deck. Okay? And you're running these awful cards that are just terrible. These, these like cards that give on dying or just bring it back from the graveyard. But you're pairing it with these creatures that you can pay for fr- play for free. They come in and do a thing and then die right away. But if you do it, they die and then come back. It's okay. kind of like you're cheating the system a little bit. Like a scam. Like a Rakdos scam. Dude, looking at this list as somebody who's playing, been playing forever, and I know deck design has changed a ton over the past 25 years since I've been playing. Having one, two, three, four, five three ofs gives me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, the three of feign death and the three of malice makes sense. It's just a 50-50 split yep. to deal with, you know, thought, or not thought sees, yep. but surgical attraction type effects. But yeah, three terminates, three thought sees, and three fatal push. It's so, it's so weird that that's correct. And it, it and clearly it is correct. Like, I get it. I'm not even, like, this isn't even an argument against it. It's just looking at that list, I'm like, ugh. Like, I, I have that reaction. Yep. It feels like it should be two or four. Yeah. You should have you should have mostly twos and four. Two Blood Moon and two Fable again. This deck looks pretty similar. Like, you obviously, yeah, I mean, like, some of the numbers have changed around a little bit. Only one Sheldred's Edict, you know, three Terminate. But almost the exact same deck. Almost the exact same <laughs> deck. <laughs> in the main... And the sideboard. Um, two Culligan's Command, not a full four of. One Shelter of the Apocalypse in the side. But like Blood Moon, Fatal Push, Chalice of the Void, Unlicensed Hearse. Like, uh, you know, you lost your other two Fable of the Mirror Breaker for uh, Sheldred and another Unlicensed Hearse. But almost the exact same deck. Now, seventh place is interesting. Here's a deck we have not seen in a little while. We've seen Mono Green Tron. It's so weird. Go Continue. We have Eldrazi Tron. So, it's so weird. The way they categorize these decks, it's deck name, then a mana symbol for each color, and there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. And it just looks weird looking at the t- list on the yeah. top eight. Yeah, because it goes like Rakdos, Black Red, Domain, White, Blue, Red, Green, Eldrazi Tron, Glitch, uh, Blank, <laughs> yep. Mono what? Brown. Yep, we're running brown. Uh, so your creatures in here, Matter Reshaper, Thought Not Seer, Reality Smasher, Walking Ballista, pretty standard there. Planeswalkers, the six mana Ugin the Ineffable, which makes your colorless spells cheaper, and four mana Karn for your very dedicated wishboard. And by dedicated wishboard, I mean... 15 one-ofs. 15 one-ofs. Um, now, in fairness, you can't go get Kozilek. He's just there for mill. Um, it's artifacts, right? You, you can only get artifacts? I believe so. Okay. So you can't go get Kozilek. You can't go get all his dust. And that's it. The other 13 cards are just in your main board all the time when you need them. Uh, you've got Warping Well, Dismember, and then you're, for, you're all is dust in the main. Artifacts, you've got Chalice of the Void, Expedition Map, Relic, and Mindstone, And then 24 lands of various colorless Urza's Niss. Oddly enough, though, no... Oh, nope, yep, and two Urza Saga. Only two Urza Saga. Why only two? Because it's not Urza's Mine, I guess? It's not, it's not a Tron? Yeah, it's, well, it's... I think the big thing with me... Is like it makes sense to have a couple in there, but you're not a dedicated saga list. But you're gonna have a lot of artifacts, aren't you? I mean, like mindstone relics, chalices. But you also do want to be going mana positive a lot. And yeah, like that's true. Having lands that like sack themselves, that sack themselves. Well, one, they don't ever feed to Tron, and they don't sack themselves. So yeah, you're yeah. right there. But you're right. Um, 
Because, I mean, if you look at what they're running, they're just running two swamps. Those mm-hmm. could very, like, it was an intentional choice yep. to not put two sagas in place of those two swamps. And those um, swamps do nothing. Yeah, there's no black pips in this at all that I can see. Uh, technically dismember. Yeah, you could you could cast dismember without paying life for it. Like, but that was the deciding factor. Was like, do I want to have? Do I want to draw two extra Urza Saga a game, or do I want to be able to one play more, land slightly more often that I don't lose, and two cast dismember without paying two life? So. Now, one of the cool things I do like about Saga in a Tron deck is you already have Expedition Map, so you get to get that. Like in theory, yeah. that that line is there where you can already chain it saga, saga, saga. Yep. But this doesn't give you the third or fourth saga. You just you can occasionally go get one. And then if you wanted, if you already had one, you could go get another. Yeah. It feels and it feels really good where you're in a situation where like saga is what brings the game home or saga is what's that tipping point. And it's like, yep, my saga's gone. I would like another one, please. Yep. Let's just re-roll. I just make more tokens, because again, I've got plenty of artifacts. Yup. And wrapping it up. Talking about dress down and how good dress down is. Four color Omnath. Oh, excuse me. So four color Omnath. The biggest pickup is Nissa. But look at this. We're at a full three Nissa now. Yeah, I'm excited to see. We were at one, maybe two. And now we're up to a full three of one endurance, three Nissa, full four Omnath, a Elish Norn. Dude, look how fast this these creatures run up the mana curve. Couple three drops. A four, a couple four drops, and now we're at fives. Yep. Elish Norn, Fury, Solitude, and Titania, Protector of Argoth. Full eight Planeswalkers, Ren and six with Teferi, three fairy. Two Eladomri's Call, four Expressive Iteration, some Pierces, Lightning Bolts, and Prismatic Endings, four Leyline Bindings, and 28 lands. This deck is all, this isn't a Yorion deck. Yeah, it's 28 lands without Yorion. This deck is almost 28 lands, but like I said, Look at the mana curve on those fucking creatures, man. Mm-hmm. Three, three, four, five, 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 that five. Desperately wants to get an, a Nissa out. Yes. Yeah, this deck needs Nissa for the acceleration. You need to turn two Ren and six or turn three to Fairy to try and bounce a thing or kill a thing, get some, get some extra lands going, reliably get your mana, get, hit those land drops because you have got to get into the upper ends. You're going to hit your land drops. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like, but when you have Nissa out, like they never admit every land drop is a card. Yeah. I should say for land drop. Every fetch land is a card. It is a relevant card. It's either a, because isn't Titania an elemental herself? Yeah. Like every land is a fury, a solitude, an Omnath, an endurance, a Titania. A, like it just. Basically the only thing that misses is. Elish Norn. Like you're always drawing a good creature. The only downside is that some of those are, you know, legendary like Omnath or, well, this one went to Tanya. So, yeah, yeah. you're only going to double up on Omnaths and Nissas that are legendary. The sideboard, you got two Besaju, um, two Chalice because there is zero chance in the fucking world you ever get ahead of any Cascade deck whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, two Fluster Storm to go with the three Spell Pierce. Uh, some giant killers, filigree silex, uh, endurance, force of vigor, orvar, and elish norn. Okay, so this is the other one, and it's it's right here. We can look at it. So tell me, why is whatever that fucking thing we saw in Legacy? Why is that even better than filigree silex? Now I get that filigree silex is legendary, and that can be relevant. But there was only one. So yeah, there's only one. So legend doesn't matter. You tap it to put an oil counter on it, just like ratchet bomb. You can tap it, sack it, destroy each non-land permanent with mana value equal to. Never mind. Because isn't, isn't Ratchet Bomb... Is that Ratchet Bomb equal to or less than? Or is it just equal to? Oh. 
Because that just occurred to me. Ratchet Bomb is equal to. Was the other one less than? I don't think I don't it was. Think it was. What, what deck was that? Was that Painter? It was not Painter. Was it Eight Cast? It was not Eight Cast. <laughs> what fucking deck was it? Was it Death Shadow? Was it? Yeah, it was Death Shadow. Powder Keg. No, it's with CMC mana cost equal to yeah. the number. Yeah, of so it's equal. Okay, so yeah, like in what world is that even <laughs> better than Filigree Silex? Because Filigree Silex, you can remove ten oil counters from among permanents you control and deal ten damage to any target. Which don't get me wrong, the world where you just tap this ten times, but you can. Like magic's all about choices, right? And I have if I have the choice to just tap Filigree Silex ten times and then kill you with it with ten damage over Powder Keg. Which one doesn't come in turn one with a counter, two never domes your opponent for ten, and three has effectively the exact same destroy text as these other two, except it only hits artifacts and creatures, not non-land permanents. But except there are no non-land permanents in this deck or the sideboard, except for engineered explosives as a one of no rod, which is irrelevant. Dress down, which is going to be sacrificing in the, the turn, court of cunning. and court of cunning, which is a one of. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> okay, okay, that's fine. That particular choice has me stumped. Yep. I mean, Endurance. I know there are technically differences, but for all practical purposes, you're not going to be ratchet bombing the turn it comes down for one. Is like it comes down, you have to tap it, but you put can, a counter like, on it, but you can do it for zero if you want. And the to. same thing with your powder keg. Yep. So powder keg and ratchet, uh, the turn it comes down, they're the same. So the turn it comes down, you can tap it to put a counter on it. So it has a counter. But powder cake, you can't. No, but the next turn, it'll get the counter on your upkeep, and then you can tap it. So like, effect, you can't do anything on your untap. Yeah. So by turn two, here's I say. So, so by turn two, they both have yeah, two. By the by the second turn, they both have. Wait, no, 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 no. No, it's it's being your upkeep. Yeah, but you can't uh, do anything during your untap step. Um, so like, at effectively the same time during the game is when you could pop it for one. one. Right. Yeah. Yes, they both sack for one. So like, <clears throat> now you do, ha again, you've got a little bit of flexibility there, mm -hmm. but Ratchet Bomb also hits things that Powder Cake doesn't. Yeah. Which, and does, it doesn't hit you. It doesn't hit you. I don't know. I personally don't know. Looking at the list, like, I can understand building a list around it because, like, yes. there are, there are <clears throat> worlds. Wait, I mean, case in point, like, you got a bunch of, uh, you got a bunch of enchantment. Perfect example Abundant Harvest. It comes down for one. It frequently is going to get cast. And you don't want to hit it with your ratchet bomb. Cool. Like, that makes sense. I get that. So you run powder keg. That's Why is this deck running powder keg? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> Let's wrap up modern. So uh, this is, in my opinion, on the slight upper end of too much, but totally reasonable. Metagame summary, 15.5% Murktide regen. That is, that is just starting to get probably That's a little probably too probably the most you ever want to see. Yes. It's the top okay of it. what a tier one deck should ever be, in my opinion. Yes. Sporadically. And to be fair, it hasn't been like, it hasn't. it's not like it's been every week has nope. been 15 nope. or 20. It's just this week it did well. One of them capped it. We had, we had a we had a high end at 15 and a half percent. And then you got Indomitable Creativity, uh, Rakdos Midrange, both with four each, 12 and a half percent. Hammer Time with 9.3%. A pretty good stack of two ofs and a pretty good stack of one There's ofs. more Crash Gate in Legacy than there is in Modern. <laughs> pretty funny oh shit that's pretty funny crash gate is performing better in legacy than modern this yep. week uh most played cards ragavan lightning bolt spell pierce engineered explosives and consider top creatures ragavan grief murktide ledger shredder dragon rage channeler and top spells lightning bolt spell pierce engineered explosives consider 
and expressive iteration. Twiddle Storm top 32. I do love Twiddle Storm. And there was a second Death Shadow list as well. Grixis one. I believe that brings us to the end of our episode this week, Matt. Was there anything else that you want to talk about this week? Nothing in particular. All right. Well, I think we're doing the recording a little differently. Um, I have a new computer, and I'm not super in love with how it's recording. So we'll see how this episode sounds, but I don't know how long the episode is. So we'll see. But a final shout out to our patrons. Thank you very much for reaching or supporting us in a real way. Um, we're actually heading right now to record our Patreon extra content, which is basically Matt and I shooting the shit for another between 30 minutes and an hour. And so if that's the favorite part of your episode every week, consider joining the Patreon. Uh, anything on the $5 or up, get you access to that kind of stuff. And uh, we'd love to see you in the Discord. But if you want to reach out to us personally, you can hit us up at cantrocartel at gmail.com, uh, cantrocartel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You hit us up, we'll see it, and we'll get back to you eventually. But, Matt, unless I'm forgetting anything, I think we'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. So, turn one, I think I can kill you. I'm going to go um, LED, LED, LED. I'm going to uh, crack them. for. I'll do blue, blue, black, and I'm going to cast... Uh, Echo of Aeons I discarded from the graveyard. Responses? Or will? Okay, let's go to game two. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Drinking mad, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ales, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers crowns the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle Exhale, carpet of flowers unwound Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs Lopping grounds, Jake and Matt pondered deeply All this magic they found, through their visions Thou sincerum, they saw only for how To convey these magic stories aloud To the crowds, the masses, make the voices heard Share the truth, the magic Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled To draw every single card with the cantrip Cartel Draw cards with the cantrip Cartel Draw cards with the cantrip cartel.